This is the Tea About Bees. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Tammy Cherney, along with Tatiana Tonicabani, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Tea About Bees, where we discuss the joys and trials of backyard beekeeping. It's Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Hello, this is Tammy. And this is Tatiana. So to, before we start today, um, I wanted to say thanks to everyone who's joining us. We would just like to remind you that we would love to have you to subscribe uh, or follow us and please leave us a five-star rating so that other people can have an easier time following and finding us. And we would love to hear from you. And Tatiana's going to let you know where you can contact us. You can contact us on our Facebook group called The Tea About Bees. And or you could contact us on Instagram at beekeeping underscore like a girl. <laughs> I think today our plan is to discuss um, how our our season has gone. We've actually finally hit temperatures um, that are going to be below freezing um, at night. And yes. so we're just kind of going we're going to overview you know, some of our successes and failures from the season, from the past season, and maybe touch a little bit on uh, what we think we're going to be doing uh, moving forward um, over the next few months. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's been an amazing year for me, but before we get into me, I'd like to really hear um, and have our listeners um, hear from you. You're the more experienced, you have a lot more bees. How did you start off at the beginning of the season with how many hives with how many did you end up with? So you caught some, and I know you caught some <laughs> swarms. So add them in there. And then I also <laughs> so, would like your wait, wait. And then I want your um, setup. You okay. do it a little bit differently than I do for the winter. Okay. Okay. So, so I did, um, let's see, I think I came out of uh, the winter um, with roughly, I think it came out of the winter with roughly maybe 13 or 14 hives. I would have to go back and look at my notes. Um, I really only lost one, um, one hive through the winter. And I really think, and we, as I discussed in one of our other shows, it was really due to uh, an early, um, it was early brood production and then a very late cold spell that probably actually killed my bees. So it was a, it was, related to cold that actually killed weather. my bees, which almost never happens here. So you almost never lose bees because of cold weather, but I really think that's what this one was. Mm. So then, um, yes, I do catch swarms. I, I get a lot of, I'm on a couple of different sites for swarm collection and I caught, I think I caught maybe three swarms this year. It wasn't, a ton, I got a ton of calls, but they were like, all on the same days. So I was only able to really pick up about three swarms in the swarm season, which and for you us, me with me. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's typically that typically happens in uh, in April for us is our big swarm season. Now we'll have other swarms that happen, but that's like the big swarm time of year. Right. So I'm currently at 12 hives. And I can tell you that um, my losses um, were due to um, a really hard summer dearth, which is what we had experienced this past summer. And I did not close my hives up 
early on. Um, Tatiana, I know that you got some good advice on that and actually got yours closed up so that you mm-hmm. reduce the entrances to very, very small entrances. Mm-hmm. And because once our our temperature shot up and we got dry, there was nothing out there. There was no forage. And the bees just started robbing each other. And I lost hives due to a lot of my hives, I think, were due to robbing. They killed off yeah. the weaker hives. Right. And um, I had more losses this summer than I've ever had over winter, which is unusual for most people. Usually you expect quite a bit of losses through the winters, but I never have a problem with that. And I think that has to do with how I overwinter my hives. And you and I have discussed at length, you know, different techniques for overwintering hives. Right. And ours are slightly different. Um, I do not currently use any kind of insulation on the outside of my hives. And I have not done insulating under the inner covers, which is um, pretty common practice for a lot of beekeepers, I think is the inner, is the uh, over, over, I'm sorry, over the inner cover. Yeah. Under, under under the the outer outer cover. cover. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, So I do not, I do not practice that. Um, I do however do um, a candy board and, We'll call it a quilt box, but I actually cheated last year. And that's what I did this year is um, I actually purchased what you would call laundry lingerie bags. Like you put delicates in that you go through the washer right. dryer. And I actually purchased those. I found some that were a fairly fine mesh and I actually stuffed those with cedar chips. Right. And I lay them directly on top of my candy boards under my inner cover. Right. So, um, so I'm, I, so it acts I put, as a moisture barrier. Yes. And an insulation too. It acts as insulation and a moisture barrier. Um, I usually run my hives, um, with no bottom boards. So my, I usually run mine with just, um, the screens open and no bottom boards, but I may close them at least partially up for this winter season. I'm kind of debating that. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of discussion about what is the reason, what is the reason for having those, having that ventilation. And it's to keep the hives a little drier on the inside because, you know, that heat and cold difference creates quite a bit of uh, moisture buildup on the inside of the hives and the hives have have, have it, but. But if you have um, your cedar chips, which I don't think they really give too much of an R value of an insulation value. No, they're but more I, of a moisture absorption. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And that's your key. Yeah. So I, so I think we can have a conversation about that because, um, you know, I was listening to this woman, she lives in North Carolina. That's the one who I kind of got, oh, this is what um, the slide of rack is. Oh, this is the inner cover. Mm-hmm. You know, she has done this for 15 years and then she wrote a blog about it. And I'm like, oh, I think it's just called the honeybee suite or something like that. Okay. Um, but she's very knowledgeable. And then she'll have other knowledgeable people come on and do some, you know, she'll highlight them or whatever. And they do something, something, but they're mostly, mostly in North Carolina, which is our same like zone seven. They're very similar. Similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be yeah. very similar. Yeah. So the whole thing with the moisture, if you didn't have that, those cedar or any, you know, burlap, whatever you want to put in there, mm-hmm. something, even fabric, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Whatever you want to put in there, because you're right, there is the 
the warm temperature that the bees are keeping. And then there is the outside. And when those, the heat and the cool come together, that creates that condensation that then that will drop back on them and that will kill the bees. Yeah, especially if it's under, if it's under the lid, it can, if they, if you have wet bees, wet, cold bees die, that's what happens. Right, exactly. So, but the candy boards themselves that we're putting on, they actually will absorb some moisture as well. And actually the moisture they absorb helps soften the sugar that's in there and makes it a little bit easier for the bees to eat. Um, so that's good. So a part of this is like the the whole thought process on why you have a ventilated bottom board. So if I've got these other things going on, the question is, how much additional ventilation do I need in my hive? Because I'm going to have, I do have air coming through the front entrance. And if I have ways to absorb the moisture, and that's what the ventilated bottom board is supposed to be assisting in, is keeping moisture, that moisture down on the inside, do I really need to leave the bottom board open all the way through our winter if I'm using these other methods for absorption of additional unnecessary moisture in the hive? So that's the reason I'm kind of on the fence with going ahead and doing the inserts in the bottom this year. Um, the whole deal with these, uh, ventilated bottom boards, which I didn't realize when I came into being a beekeeper is they had not been around that long when I became a beekeeper. It was kind of the new fad, I guess. And everybody kind of moved over to those, uh, because previous to that, you know, all your old beekeepers, they use solid bottom boards on all their hives. And that's what you'll see in a, in a lot of your old commercial hives and stuff is it's all solid bottom boards. It's not ventilated bottom boards. Um, so well, it's even interesting some new... how things how things have been changing. Well, they're like Fred uh, Dunst, um, Durst. I think it's Dunst. <laughs> um, I can't remember his last name, but anyway, he's very famous on YouTube, and um, he uses. I believe he likes the solid um, boards. I think he's got some with and some without. But I think I remember him saying, and he's in Pennsylvania zone four, we're zone seven. Yeah. Um, and I believe he, for this, uh, like a, a place that's going to be in snow, they, he really prefers to have solid. the solid, the solid. Um, boards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would say this, I have, yes, I'm insulating on the outside, but other than that, we're all the same. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you know, I, I, the whole insulation thing. There's there's a really good point with this insul- with insulating the outside, and part of that is because bees typically, if they're going to live on their own and pick their own place to live, a lot of times, yeah, it's going to be a tree. And if it's yes. a tree, the yes. whole deal with a tree is there's a lot more yes. R value. Our high yes. bodies are fairly thin walled, yes, and they're not getting nearly as much natural insulating um, that's right from from those boxes that they would be getting in a natural setup like a tree yeah exactly so that's the whole thing is i mean there has been many a scientist um you know experts that are studying bees for a living and they have all said that it's ridiculous how we keep bees i mean we're you know, bees in nature, they're, they're going to be in a thick cavity, period, mm-hmm. end of story. And it's going to have a high insulation value. And it is going to keep it cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter. And that's how bees would do it if they could do it. So then we take them and we put them in 
you know, an R1, which is what a pine <laughs> box is. And now we're in a, not a natural place um, where, what do you call the Italian bees would be? Because the Italian bees are mostly what we use and um, of some format, right? Yes. Yes. A, and, lot of, a lot of the bees that you're going to find in our area are an Italian bee. Right. And Italian bees are used to the warm Southern weather. So it's, you know, you were, we're going up a little bit against it. I just can be survived without it. Well, they do. And they often do because, you know, like some of the professional beekeepers that I listen to, you know, they will pack out their boxes. So, so thick, so many bees that they keep really warm. And yes, the outer ones will eventually go just because they can't sustain that cold for that period of time for a long period of time, depending on where you live, right? Some, you know, if it's up in the North, it's going to stay colder longer. So I guess, um, you know, some beekeepers in Mer in Vermont will use a nuke, even mm -hmm. they'll put them down to that and um, they'll be very, very successful at that. But um, anyway, for here to make it easier, you know, I just was like, I have my reasons we've already discussed before. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I was just going to say, this is all I was going to say. The inner cover has the hole in the middle. Yep. And initially the sugar board does have an R value to it. It does create some insulation. So you've got it. But as the bees start to eat it, it gets less and less R value. And you've, you've, you've got two moisture absorbers. You've got the sugar, plus you have um, the cedar up there at the top, as long as there's some sort of fabric where some sort of moisture barrier. Yeah. So any coal, any condensation that would happen from the top of the of the inner cover of the outer roof, yeah. where it, that would have the cold and that would have the moisture, that is going to drip down onto your cedar or yeah. any fabric. I've got burlap. Yeah, it'll, it'll absorb it. So I don't have to worry about it basically raining on my bees on the inside of my hive. 100%. And then it has, and, and, and even if you didn't have the sugar board, you still have that because it's not going to be that much water. It's just a little, there's just a few drops. And I do um, see, like I have the burlap and then I put insulation board on top of the burlap. And it's not tight. I kind of have it loosely in there. So there's still like, some steam that could escape should it need be. Yeah. Um, and then it's got the outer cover and there, and, and where the condensation happens, it's from the outer cover yeah. that drips yeah. from the warmth onto that. So yeah. I think you're good. Plus, you know, we so have that's problem. So that's, 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 that's the reason that a lot of people do insulate the underside of that outer cover. It's just because that's the heat yes. is rising. That's where it's coming in contact with the exterior cold. Yes. That's where you're getting the majority of your condensation. That's where most of your problems can arise from as far as your bees getting wet. Well, and also just think, what are you closing your bottoms, your bottom, um, screen with you're covering you're putting in there a plastic insert it's basically yeah. a plastic most of them insert. most of them come with a plastic insert so yeah you're right. using a plastic insert and so and it's not a tight seal there's still mm. a lot of air that comes through there so you're still getting that but in my opinion but there are a lot of people that do what you do yeah um and they you know they have no problems with it but in my opinion i just think it is you know, the bees are trying so hard to keep this warmth up there and this cool air is coming in. So I feel like it makes them work harder. Mm -hmm. So they'll have to go through more honey stores because, you know, it's harder to maintain that. So they will go through their feed stores more quicker to maintain 
the work that they need to maintain to keep it warm like that. Cause obviously it's like that. So I don't have to work as hard, mm-hmm. but anyway, it is, you know, it's a matter of opinion. I've done it every year with the plastic insert in there. And the only condensation that I'm getting is coming from the very top. And there still is, like I said, there still is plenty, but I will tell you this too. I do go in there hmm, every few days, maybe as it gets colder once a week, um, because the sugar excess sugar drops down and then it hardens onto the board. And then if you were to get a pile, then maybe you couldn't pull out your insert board. So I do go in there and I pull it out. And then so it- if you have a warm day and you think you can do it, you'll go out there and maybe pull out your bottom board just to kind of shake it out and see, make sure it doesn't get blocked up so you can remove it when you need to. Yeah. And I'm noticing as soon as it hit cold weather, like we just dropped into what, 39 degrees is our high today. Yeah. <laughs> um, And we're at 27 at Seven. night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at night. So um, there's really nothing coming down. The bees are, are definitely taking it in. Yeah. But I pulled out my, um, the, cause we are that cold. I now just pull, even though I have sugar boards on, I pulled out my syrup. Cause if the days are now not going to be any more than they're going to be below 50, my days yeah. are going to be below 50. I am pulling that out. You know, I mean, they're already pretty much sealed with, cause it's the two to one, Yeah, which those always get you know, crusty in there. Cause you've can't... got those interior feeders, your feeders are kind of down on. So you're, you're pulling out your, um, your liquid feeders. Yeah. My syrup was in my, what I call the ventilation box, right? Yeah. It's where I have my burlap and my insulation that's under the outer roof. And I had, I had the, the feeders and it goes over the inner cover where you have, I have like a little um, screen box that sits there. Mm-hmm. And so they go through the inner cover, the little hole in the middle, and they can drink there. And then I had burlap wrapped around it so it stays warm. And then I had insulation board <laughs> on the top of that and then my outer <laughs> cover. So when I went to go pull those, they were still nice and warm in there. I could okay. feel them nice and warm in there. And they were still taking it in, but it's too risky business. So I'm like, that's out of there, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I shoved down everything, you know, but yeah, yeah no, it it's, down. yeah. Just think of it as your roof. Uh, you know, if you don't have, if the heat rises to the top, but you don't have any insulation up there, the bees have to just work so hard to yeah, try to, keep they it. have to, they're going to, so my, you have to think a little bit. So you've got a whole nother, basically another medium box sitting above your hive. And so that only has, it has the burlap, which is equivalent to your, mm-hmm. to your, um, it, it has no R value whatsoever. It just has moisture value. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you have sitting at the very top of your hive. And the only thing I have sitting at the top of my hive is a, a three inch, basically what you would call a three inch shim or a three inch nice. frame. And that's packed with 12 pounds of sugar. And then I've got that little bit of um, that little package of cedar cedar chips laying right on top of it. And then I have an inner cover and a lid. So so that's kind of the that's what the top of my hive looks like. But I think it's important to look at what you're doing and ask yourself, what are your reasons for doing it? And like kind of really analyze why you're doing something, not just because somebody told you to do it. But there's got to be a real purpose in why you're doing it and why and, and what the end result is that you want to get from it. Yeah. And 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 you can always 
go, okay, well, I think that worked really great or no, that didn't work for me. And you, it, it's okay to, to change it up, to do what you think works the best, because sometimes something works for one person and it doesn't seem to work for another person. Or your climate doesn't work for your climate. It doesn't work. And, and that's a good point too, because we have pretty high humidity here. Um, and there's other areas of the country that are not going to have as much humidity. So maybe their setup's going to look a little different from ours. Yeah. If we get rain, our humidity goes up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of rainy places, a lot of rainy, snowy places have high humidity. We have high humidity in the dead of summer too. So we have just a lot of humid. We just always have to watch. But they always say, no matter where you're at, you know, unless it's like Southern California or Southern Florida, because Florida is kind of the same, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's just nice and dry. But I think, I think the most, the, the best key here is, outside of insulation, whether you choose to or not. At a bare minimum, what I've seen in our area is pretty much, and we're in the middle Tennessee area, um, we're a zone seven. Um, I see that people will put some sort of moisture. Um, there's actually a thing called a moisture board. In fact, um, Ian. Yeah, I was going to say you were talking, you were talking about somebody using a moisture board. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, Ian has a moisture board. So he has got um, two deeps. And his top deep is full of honey at medium. And I have some hives like that too. Mm-hmm. And, and then they have, um, and then he has, I don't, I don't know if he has a sugar board or not. It yeah. looked like he did, but. Okay. But, we may have to ask him. We may see him yeah. tomorrow. So yep. maybe we can uh, talk to him. And then, um, and then he had the moisture board. And I thought that was just you know, that's another great tool to yeah. use. Yeah. And it's about an inch thick and, and it'll just absorb whatever's moisture is there. You know, I'm not really crazy about my box there that I have up there on the, I could use a three inch shim and my three inch shim still has the ventilated holes, which you totally don't need that. But now what I've done is I basically have just shoved down my burlap and put the insulation on it as close to the inner cover, like the top of the inner cover. And I think Mm -hmm. that's fine. The one thing I really love about your setup is because you can transition to liquid feeding, inner um, inside hive feeding very Mm -hmm. quickly and very easily. So with never having to go in the hive without ever having to go in a hive. And that access is, is fantastic. So that's Mm -hmm. one of the things I really like about your setup. Um, so, you know, cause each, each kind of setup has its advantages and disadvantages. Absolutely. I have, <laughs> I have, um, top feeders that I have loved using for years. The only bad thing about my top feeders is when I, op- when I open up the lid, no, it actually has good ventilation, but when I open up the lid, um, I have to pour liquid into like basically a big holding pan right underneath the lid. And when you do that and you're in a huge dearth like we were this summer and you have a hundred bees fly in and you can't get them out and they're landing in the sugar syrup and they're drowning and there's nothing you can do about it except try to close that lid up as fast but as you're possible. Also, it's really frustrating. It's very But you're also blocking ventilation. You only have so because I because I did this, I went through all of the feeders because I have these little freaking jars mm-hmm. that are, you know, they're not my favorite. I love everything else that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I like a trickle feed, number one, mm-hmm. because a trickle feed is more like a natural. 
yeah. feed yeah. than them just being able to gulp up, you know. And we've all- listened to some people talk about that. I was trying to remember some of the names of the, some of the people we were ta- listening to who were talking about the difference between the types of feeding and what trickle feeding is compared to um to the natural process of feeding and it is supposed to be closer to natural um to natural right. sources for them than some right. other types of feeding right so i like the trickle feed because it's more at a natural what nature would give them um but you know i do i so it's the jars which i like glass because mm-hmm. it's not going to be it's not plastic so it's not going to be heat you know there won't be any plastic issues yeah but um the metal holes that are in there, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. Sometimes they get plugged, like the two-to-one, which I can't stand the two-to-one, such a pain. Um, but then you, when you have, uh, you know, some bees that are, or some hives that are smaller, or they're not taking it, it can still kind of come into the hive, you know, so, um, which is fine if it's on the one-to-one during the summertime, but you got to be careful. You've got to, you just got to be really watching, you know, you don't want to give your bees too much syrup um, at any given time period, you know, but anyways, it, it, it can sometimes gets, those holes can get plugged, plugged up sometimes. Up. So that's, but, that's one of the negative sides of that particular. That, and of that, favor. and that is the only negative side. The positive side is you have that inner cover and Remember during the summer when it's super, super hot, you've got, I've got a screen inner cover. Mm-hmm. That entire top is all open. And then there's a center kind of wood piece in the middle. And then there's that little wood box that's screened that where the syrup feeders fit on. So my ventilation is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything else that's on the market, this is nothing to do with like comparing yours or what it was just like, what is available, what's on the market. Yep. Everything else, um, you could have like a plastic one that was a little, little tiny hole, but I felt like it. it's such a, it's a one inch tiny hole. Yes, it holds a lot, but I feel like only a couple little bees can get in there at a time where I can put two jars Mm-hmm. I can have two areas, which is even better for my bees. Um, so I didn't like those type. And then the ones that come over, they block the ventilation. Even if there's a hole in the middle, which is where the bees come from. So of course there is an opening where there's an escape. But when you're talking a hundred degrees outside, yeah. it is definitely a lot hotter inside. Yeah. Well, mine is mine is made a little different. I don't even know if I can source this particular type of feeder anymore. Uh, locally because it was being made by somebody who's no longer making the feeders they're no longer in business making the feeders so um, mine does have some the way I set it up it does have some ventilation there's I've got some of the plastic ones where they come up through the center of it I hate those hate those Uh, will not be using are yours coming through the sides they're coming up on one end it's almost like a chimney effect so the heat can come up through that chimney and escape out Right. But still you're blocking. It's like, it's like having a window closed instead of having the whole window open. Like think of it like this. You're on vacation in some tropical Island, very, very hot. And so there's a lot of heat that builds up into the place because you don't have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. So you open little tiny area. So yes, you're getting some ventilation there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But wouldn't you rather have the whole window open? So you, you, can you, really might, you might have to come see my setup in person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to come see this in person. It's a little hard to describe. Yeah. It's, I think it's better than some of the ones that you're used to seeing. <laughs> well, it sounds, but, it's, it sounds better than most. That's a hundred percent for sure. Because what is on do, the market are love, like these I do little... like your setup a lot because just because you can feel the jars inside your house and you can walk them out to your hives. And you don't have to worry about trying to pour an accessible liquid where bees can get to it. Well, it's in like order you to said, put it in your hives. It's like you said during that dearth, you were talking about it with me and you were saying, Oh my gosh, the bees are crazy. They I, were. I they were even they were go so in. crazy. Yeah. I can't open my hive to pour because I have to leave it open so that I could do this pouring. And I'm like, put a sheet over yourself, you know, like, <laughs> you were like thinking outside of the box here, we're like going a wet sheet over your entire body and over the entire hive. And maybe you can get in there and get it done without being like completely crazy by hundreds of crazy yeah. bees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I have to say that, um, that, that is another good thing with me having him. I open up my hive. There's no bees that are inside that boxed area, right. Where I have, where I have it, there's no bees there. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to open up the lid, grab the jars and during, it's so easy that, and then during the dearth, I will not fill out anything outside. I put them all in a big bucket that I've got. And then I go in the house and I wash all the lids, not with soap, just with water. Yep. And then I fill everything on in the house and then I clean it completely around this, like if anything dripped, that yep. gets wiped up. You get to clean when, it all up. Mm-hmm. Because when I go out there, I've got, let's say four hives in one area and three hives in another, that bucket is, you know, off on its own. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I hadn't even thought about it, but it actually creates almost a more sanitary condition because you can take those jars and bring them in and you can clean them before you fill them between. Now we, they should be like, we're using we're using like honeybee healthy type products in there, yes, which, I am. which should be yeah. acting as a preservative, but we right. all know sugar water can go bad. And in the heat, it goes bad really fast. Now they should be taking it fast enough that that's not a problem. Right. But, but, the, but the, the fact that you can create a more sanitary condition by bringing those jars in and being able to really clean them before you fill them and take them back out. That's another benefit of that particular type of feeding. Um, that you have to think about and anything you can do that helps with the health of your bees is is worthwhile to consider as a as a change in your methodology of beekeeping so I I think it's a good thing I didn't know if you wanted to quickly review um, just like how many boxes you go into winter with and why I typically go into winter with, now I'm running eight frame deeps. I'm sorry, eight frame mediums. You're running eight frame deeps. (laughs) I'm running eight frame mediums. So I usually go into winter with at least two, what we would call two brood boxes. And and then I'm going to be running at, at least a third box that is just honey stores for them. Right. And that's probably the minimum size box I go into winter with. Now, I go into I have I have hives that have more than that on them. I have some. Oh, right, that, you do. <laughs> I have some that are I have some that are four boxes. I actually have I think I have one out there that's still sitting with like six boxes. Wow. So <laughs> well, but that's medium. So hold on, that's not wow. Because if you think about it, it's basically um, so, so still that's really good. 
Yeah. Well, so people would be like, why do you leave all those on your hives? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I have all my hives are interchangeable because right. all, of my, all of my hives are mediums. Yeah, that's right. I also, because I don't treat my hives, so I'm a treatment-free beekeeper. Right. I don't have to worry about like, oh my gosh, I treated a hive and I left this particular yes. box on. So I can't, yes. I, so I don't, you know, I can't put these Just frames because these frames were exposed to, you know, the treatments that I used. Um, so I don't have to think about that. I don't have to tag and label all those frames for particular usages. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not having to do that. Um, but this past season, I had several boxes that had honey that was uncapped. And this is one of those years where I'm like going, oh my gosh, that was, you know, I had an idiot moment. I had a moment where I was like, I must have been brain dead. Uh, but I was like, oh, they're not capped. Well, you know what? When you come out of the flow and you have frames that aren't capped, guess what? They don't have any extra excess to cap those frames. So if they're not capped, they're not going to get capped. So the only thing you can do. Oh, yes. <laughs> you I know, know I, had, I had an aha moment if about you... that. That's right, girl. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So I could have pulled those frames. And I could have tested their moisture content. And as long as they were, and I, and you know. They, so if you were feeding syrup, you could have gotten them to no, cap it. Yeah, they would have capped it, but I couldn't have right. used it for honey. No, right. You know, yes. I could, they could have capped it, but right. I wouldn't have used it for, I wouldn't right. have used it for you like selling honey. So, right, right, right. So, I, yeah, that was one of those aha moments. I was like, okay. duh, yes, of course, they're not going to cap those after. But I could have, I could have checked them for moisture content because they could have been dry enough. They just didn't have them capped. And you can still pull the honey off if it's not capped, as long as there's not too much moisture. The only problem you have with pulling honey that's not capped is if it's got too much moisture content, it can ferment on you. And there's things you can do to kind of help dry the honey out on your own. Um, and I could have potentially done that if I had needed to. Um, but yeah, I could I could have gone ahead and pulled the honey off, which is what I should have done. But instead, what I have done is I have just left all this honey that's uncapped on my hives. It's still out there. So, and it was a hard summer. So if they need it, they need it. And in the spring, when I come back around, if there's still honey in any of those frames, I'll probably pull that off and I'll hold it. And if I catch swarms, I may give them a frame or two of honey as I catch swarms to get them started. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I deal with that situation. Well, I hear you. I hear you on that because I respect very much that, um, that you're a purist in what is honey is honey and you don't need during the honey flow. You do not, if you have a if you have established hives, let's be clear about that. If you're not established hives, it's a whole different ball game like mm -hmm. me. Yep. Um, but with, with established hives, with all of the resources that they have, there's no need to have sugar syrup on top. Um, and then I guess, like you said, you pull whatever capped honey you can at that time, because at that point, whatever's not capped, if there if there's no honey flow, they don't have anything to to. They don't have any work. They have resources, yeah, no resources to be able to cap it. Let alone ventilation, but that as well. We had this summer one of the, as I hear from everybody, because I'm only what three years here, um, but as I heard from everybody, that. This was the hardest dearth 
where we have had such an extended period of time and it was so hot and so dry with a drought, (laughs) you know, not just dearth, but also drought. Drought. It was really tough on all of the nature, you know? So it was, I did a lot of watering of the plants. I was doing a lot of feeding for the wild birds and and that's the reason I didn't feel too, I like leaving all those extra honey supers on. Yeah. It probably kept me from losing more hives than I did lose. So I don't have a problem with not taking all the honey off. I'm not a commercial beekeeper. I'm not out here. Like my livelihood does not depend on how much honey I produce. So um, if it helps my bees get through the seasons, then then that's just a bonus as far as I'm concerned. So right. that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel, you know, for me, I don't have, I don't have a dependency on the bees to produce anything. I, you know, initially got started into it because I wanted the wax for making cosmetics. And, um, and so I thought, oh, that'll just be so nice at some point. And then I realized, you know, that's the hardest thing for them to make. (laughs) So I'm like, well, I'll just get some honey in the summertime, you know, (laughs) whatever happens is whatever happens, but there's no pressure on my bees to perform and to make certain whatever. But I, I think the biggest thing for me is just really wanting them to come through and, and survive and do well. And, and I enjoy that whole process. And I enjoy sitting outside and watching my bees and having them do their thing. And I'm, I'm at capacity at seven for, for myself, what I can handle. I've got the deeps, you know, I do know that your way of the all mediums makes life so much easier, not only lifting the yeah. boxes, you know, but also for like, you can interchange so much so easily. It's just wonderful. I just didn't do that because without having the experience, I fundamentally had been reading, uh, you know, where we, cause we do have, we have four seasons here. Yeah. And so I had done a lot of reading and saw that the bigger frames are easier for the bees to find their food. Everything's kind of all there on one frame, you know, and I guess in Russia um, where the Russian bees come from, they do so well because they have these, I think they're 12 by 12 frames. Okay. Really big. Correct. They're big. Yeah, they're big. And so um, Dr. Leo Shuriken, I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying the last name correctly. I don't have his name in front of me here, but um, anyway, he's the one with horizontal beekeeping that started all that here in the U S and um, he says like, that's how they, they don't, they don't go to the outside frames. They stay in this ball and then they have everything around them. They have it all to the end. So they don't ever have to like go off to the very, very far left. And as we know here, um, the bees will always be like on the southern side where it's sunnier, you know, mm-hmm. and warmer. They'll, they'll, they'll In cold weather. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's why I kind of did it. Um, but it would have made my life a lot easier. I mean, I think, I, had the, done... I think the bigger frames make a ton of sense. The bigger frames. Well, um, but you're doing just fine with how you're as many other beekeepers are doing the yeah. same. You know, but, so, but, but when I don't know with the, with the movement there's, cause there's, you know, the, it is a kind of a movement of doing all mediums instead of doing these huge boxes. It's just, it's just easier. It's you what, know? And that's what it boils down to. And it, lifting it, the boxes. Let's, let's say that as well. <laughs> um, yes. Boxes are very heavy when they're full of honey. So let's try to make that as easy on ourselves as possible. 
Yeah. I mean, like right now, all of my, so we know that all my bees were, are all brand new this year. I had the one swarm that turned into the seven. So yes, I still have seven hives. They've all done, they all got mated. They all did well. We had to treat for mites and everybody's back to like good health and so far so good so far so good (laughs) um but so most of my bees their double deep box um is all honey and they're brewed i didn't even have to change them they they did it all by themselves and uh the queen went from initially one box to moving up the box to the second box and then she at some point moved back down to the bottom box and they filled the entire top box with honey. And then any bees that had made extra boxes of honey, and there were only like two hives that made eight frames of mediums. um, Those after treating for um, mites, they got their boxes back. I think there were three hives. They all got their boxes back. And then um, the other hives, they only had like a couple frames where they actually completed them, the rest were like nothing. So they didn't get anything. So just with them being in nature, what they did automatically by themselves is like, oh, well, we don't have any honey stores. So we're just gonna make the second box and we're gonna reduce down. They just did this whole thing on their own, which of course everybody else knows that, but it was so fascinating for me just to (laughs) watch. I'm like, wow, they just have it so organized. They just totally know (laughs) what they're doing. But anyways, in order for me to go kind of check what was going on, I had to lift a deep now I'm only a frame. I can only imagine what a 10 frame must feel like. But I had to lift that eight frame all filled with honey box. It is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's heavy. And I was like, I should have done the eight frame. I mean, I should have done like all <laughs> mediums. And then the other thing is when you're reversing your boxes or whatever, I think you were talking we were talking about that. Like you don't want if you wanted to reverse like, okay, that's what, that's what it is. So for five of my hives, they all have surplus boxes of honey. They all have at least one, if not two boxes of honey stores on top of their deep. They got two deeps plus some have two mediums. I did that too. I'm like, I'm leaving them their honey, whatever. Yeah. I've got insulation where it really doesn't matter. They're all going to be nice and warm. So anyway, they have that, but it is, uh, it's a lot of work lifting, lifting that up. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, I should have done what you did. I'm like, I can see I won't be able to do that forever. So at yeah. some point I will have to transition. But then what, what, what we were saying was that in the spring, because they're already going to be up at the top, that queen is going to start laying up there. She will. I'm like, oh, no. Yep. In my honey supers. Yep. No. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not super happy <laughs> about that. I just figured that out. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, that's the reason they're so serious about like pulling all those things off um, before early. Because I really don't want to have, because the thing is, is like, that's fine. You can, you can get the queen where she'll go back down into the boxes and all that. Yeah. Problem is then, um, you know, your frames, your frames that you have just have honey. The thing that's nice about that is it's a cleaner. Yeah. Um, you don't want brood in your honey frames. You really probably don't want brood in your you honey You really frames. don't want brood in your honey <laughs> Well, and even if they like all get out of there, the thing is that it gets dirty in those cells. Yeah. 
So if it was only honey that was being produced in that box, that foundation is just cleaner foundation. Mm -hmm. Once they start having babies in there, it gets dirty and there's like stuff in there. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah, I'm like, I've just created another problem. So that's the whole thing. Every decision that you make, if I can give one um, recommendation, it's that to really consider all aspects of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard because when you kind of just, you think you know it all, I think I've done all this research for three years, books and all this kind of stuff, but then you get in there, there's just so much to learn. There's so much to learn about bees. And then there's like also all the equipment and all the different options and what do you want to do? And it all really depends on where you live, what your climate is, if you're old, young, man, female, because you know, what are we capable of actually doing? Right. Right. And what makes sense. So yeah, you know, I based my decisions on what I thought would be good for the bees. But I have to also be able to manipulate things and do things. And it is a little bit hard, I would have made my life a whole lot easier. And I'm sure because I did insulation, it wouldn't have mattered if they had the big board or not. I'm not putting them in the Russian snow. You know, oh, no, hopefully we're not getting that cold this year. (laughs) Yeah. So I, so I guess my one recommendation is to any new beekeeper is to really like, look at the pros and cons of everything. And I'm not saying that there's really a con. I just made myself a little bit more work and it's more complicated for me. Yeah. And for Tammy, who's all of just mediums, she, it's a little bit easier for her because she's able to just flip the boxes without, or she can pull the frames. That's what it is. You can pull the frames. How do you, so what were you saying again? Explain that to us. So in the spring, you will. So in the spring, you know, you can take, you can take, because the bees will come to the top box during the winter time. So the queen moves up. So she typically will lay eggs she'll start laying her brood in that top box because it's, right. it's warmer up there when the weather right. is cool. Right. So at some point when you start having warm enough weather, you can take and pull the, the, the bottom box will be empty. There won't be anything in there. There won't right. be There'll any be, honey. There won't be any, brood. Be any bees. It, it's just going to be an empty box, box sitting underneath. So all you have to do is basically remove that box and then put a, um, another brood box on top of the one that she's in and if it's all like for me it's all mediums then it doesn't matter because it's all mediums but for you if you have if she moves up into okay hold on hold on question Uh uh-huh so you've got honey stores let's say you got two boxes of honey stores at the Mm -hmm. top Mm -hmm. doesn't matter that it's all medium boxes just making it simple it's all the same size right Mm -hmm. So then the bees go up there to the top. It's all nice and warm. She's laying in there. Even if that was only honey that you had, she's still going to lay in there. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. The only thing that's easier for you is you could just take that box or frames if you wanted to, and you can move everything around left, right, center, right. doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because you can just do what you want where I go. Okay. I've got the deep down here. Now she's in the medium box and she's laying. I would have to put the medium box underneath the brood box. That's deep. I still can do that, 
it's just a little wonky, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. what you'll end up having to do if that happens. <sighs> Goodness. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it is. But okay. I guess no matter what we do, the bees will still lay brood in whatever top box. One of the things you could do is you could, like, if we have a really some warm weather in, say, December, you could go into that top box and you could see if they're just sitting there and she hasn't, they don't have any brood or anything. You can see because those are, those are honey supers. So, and you could see if, if they've eaten a lot of those honey stores and if they have, you could go ahead and pull that box off mm -hmm. and force her back down for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm not even concerned about seeing my queen. All I ever can, all I will ever be concerned about is making sure I have young larva. Mm -hmm. That'll make me happy. I'm not going to chase around the queen. I can, here's the thing. I think the easiest thing is to see the queen in the spring. Yep. Before the numbers build up. And right now, <laughs> right before, <laughs> before there's, before the winter comes, more bees yeah, the because I mean, what a huge population decrease it was for sure. Mm -hmm. Looking at the bees, they were just this summer, just so packed out. So many bees, so many bees. I couldn't move left or right. There were just so many bees. And then like, let's say two weeks ago, a week, actually a week ago, I was like, Oh, I can pull these out now. And oh, there's not so many bees up here. And then I, of course, I automatically start to worry. I'm like, something's <laughs> happened. But I know it's, it's called the fall. <laughs> yeah. And the queen really does decrease in her laying. Um, and I, you know, once we had like those, we had some freeze, freeze nights that yeah. were coming. Yeah. I put my insulation board on. So about a month ago. And then we got a warm week. I just left it up because why it's just air conditioning, but it, it didn't matter. My bees still know it's cold outside. It's hot outside, whatever it is, they know. And, um, they're not confused moving around, you know, the, the queen, it was not laying more because she, it was nice and warm in there. She knows things are shutting down. Yeah. They have little people, not little people, they have little foragers that go out. <laughs> And come back and tell everybody it's shutting down. It's cold. We are not. <laughs> the are knots are getting longer and the days yeah. are getting shorter. Yep. And I could tell that they really weren't wanting to uh, take. I would just put little teeny bits of pollen, you know, but I could tell the hives were really kind of shutting down. They just really weren't taking it in very much. I was like, okay. So I, I, that's why I think it's just so good to just to do little teeny amounts of things that nature would give them and not more than that for my purposes mm -hmm. as a backyard beekeeper. Yeah. And what, and I think you, you, I think you the same. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to force any issues. I'm not trying to get them to build up huge numbers so I can split them three or four times. I'm not trying to get, extreme amounts of honey production i'm just trying to get my bees to stay alive you know i'm trying to keep Me my bees too. alive <laughs> and i think i think that was that that's a good place to end it i think that's all we're trying to do just you and i are just trying to keep our bees alive we're trying and... to keep the bees alive so we'll yes. we'll keep discussing what we're what we're moving forward with and what we're prepping for 
um, for coming into next season. Uh, but I think we can call it done for the evening. We've done a pretty good overview of of uh, where we're at and what what we've done for this past season. Um, and hopefully we will have more um, stories to tell and ideas to discuss. Um, well, that we do. We do. We still have some scary discussions. What's going to happen in the <laughs> spring? But I just wanted to say what an amazing year it was for me. That's how I'd like to really end it was this was the most amazing year for me. I started off very rough in 2020 and 2021 was just sort of sad too. And I didn't have much hope for this year. And I had this one swarm that's that came out. I have seven hives yeah, and they have just thrived. And I have learned encyclopedias, just crazy amount have I learned. And you and I started working closer together. We known each other for a couple of years, yeah. but um, just you have so much information that you know, and with your experience on top of it, I just value your friendship. I'm so lucky. <laughs> well, thank we you. You know, <laughs> but I think your story of, you know, first year failure is, is Typical. common. It's very common. And, and you have to ask yourself, why and we would if, if there's anything we can put out there if you want to be a be a beekeeper persevere you know please if if there's anything if you can read if you we're going to have lots us, we will have our be next happy sessions to yeah of talking about new beekeeping and things to yeah. do and things not to do um, i want to help people to be successful that's right and that's that's why we started the podcast is to really like for the local backyard beekeeper you know what in our you know, experience what it has helped. I think for me, my motivation for all of this for the podcast was to try to help the young beekeeper that comes into this and that they have some resources. And I think that it is my goal to come with what was my experience and what I would advise you to do, not to do. We have lots of things we want to discuss that we planned out. I can't even wait. But for now... <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for uh, this season. And we are starting our actual beekeeping new year is starting now, which we'll do next time. All righty. Well, thanks for joining us. Happy beekeeping. Happy beekeeping. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you come back and spend time with us again.